welcome to Horror on the Rocks. On tonight's episode, Frank and Joe debate horror director debuts and review 2020's The Rental. They're coming for you, Barbara. Look, there comes one of them now. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Hi, Frank. How you doing, Joe? I'm so good. I'm seeing you in, in the flesh, uh, looking, in person. Looking you in the face, I couldn't be any happier. I know. It's been a while. I feel like we say this every time now. It's a very special episode, but this actually is because it is the first episode Joe and I have been in the same location for yeah. since all this madness started in March. What was the last one we did together in person i mean i guess it was earlier this year something in january or february we were at dew point in delaware yeah that was the last one with uh mike omahoney yeah it might have been one of the last ones so but yes we are back in person and we are socially distanced and being responsible we are sitting on the back patio uh at my parents place where we're quarantining in westchester pennsylvania yeah this is a beautiful setup i can definitely see why one would enjoy quarantining here. You got like a really nice setup here. Um, yeah, we're in the back patio. We got our table here. We got our beverages. Yeah, su- um, super grateful to, for, to uh, my family and parents for hosting us here for so long and who, who knows how much longer. Today, we are doing a movie called The Rental, Ugh. which I think I found out. I think I just saw like an ad for it and I, I'm sure everyone else is just starved for something new. Yeah. You can only watch so many old movies or, or look for mov- old movies that you haven't seen before. It is a new movie, came out this summer yeah. from a, a directorial debut from Dave Franco. Right, right. So his first movie he's directed, we know Dave Franco from starring in a lot of comedies, a lot of movies in general. So that kind of leads us to our list, though, for today as well, um, a favorite directorial debut horror movies. Yeah. Did I get that right? Fe- feature length. <laughs> Yes. Horror films that were the director's debut as a director. Correct. Yeah. Because some of these directors that we're probably going to list have done short films or whatnot. But yeah, feature length films. Um, It's cool that this movie, even though it didn't get a theatrical release, The Rental, it was released in drive-in theaters, which, you know, is sort of the way of releasing movies now. But you can also find it online or on streaming sites. Yeah, I I rented it. I think we rented it through Comcast, but it's on Amazon. It's on. It looks like it's available everywhere. My YouTube plug. I'm telling you, they (laughs) are. They make it. If you have a Google account, it makes it so simple. You just log in with your Google account. But yeah, they have a great selection of movies. But anyway, we'll get into The Rental, which is. Not only new, it just addresses some very timely, modern um, things that that we are all accustomed to in in this Airbnb age we live in. So, this movie, Frag. I'm really happy we're doing this one. Um, I have no news. I'm not prepared. I brought (laughs) drinks, though, for us. Yes, let's talk about that. That I'm good for. What are you drinking? Uh, So, I picked up some uh, Spike Seltzers. Mm -hmm. I've really gotten into them lately because... First, they're really great for the summer. Second, yeah. they're just lighter. Sometimes I don't want to drink a heavy beer and feel bloated. Yeah. Um, so we're drinking uh, Oscar Blues Brewery's version. Um, I'm having the lemon agave hib- hibiscus. What's the what? What's it called? Uh, it's Wild Basin. Wild Basin um, brand. by Oscar Boozy, Blues. sparkling did. water. Uh, yeah, 100 calories, one gram of carbs, a lot of fun flavors. Yeah. Um, it's like a really nice 
summer beverage to sip on while doing a podcast outdoors <laughs> in Westchester. So I'm can, a big Oscar Blues fan. They make yeah. the uh, the Dale's Pale Ale, yeah, uh, the Ten Fifty, a bunch of really good stuff. So. Um, I'm, I'm, we'll try that after I finish my current beverage. And what do you have? Which is an IPA from uh, the Sterling Pig Brewery. Their, uh, okay. their original location is in Media, which is a great spot, right right yeah. on kind of the edge of the downtown area. And they just opened another, like a tasting room in Westchester. Uh, but I've, I've long been a fan of Sterling Pig's beer, and they are a barbecue joint. As good as their beer is, their barbecue is even better. Um, so I am drinking, I don't know if it's their flagship, but it yeah. is one that is always on tap. When you go, it's called the Snuffler IPA okay. from Sterling Pig. It is a whopping 6.5%, and it's really good. It's crisp. It's not one of those real kind of chewy, juicy IPAs. Definitely a little more like a West Coast style, mm-hmm. which on a hot August day, is a little little more appealing than a big heavy beer not yeah. quite as easy drinking as a uh, seltzer which i will certainly have next but yeah, uh, yeah. definitely a beer i'd recommend and probably a brewery that i'm going to try to convince you that we should go to once all this madness is passed i'd be down i'm always again. down for a uh, a hangout at a new brewery so yeah. cheers. cheers um we'll do a little touch, touch the bottle there cheers. we go yeah, yeah bottom yeah. of the cans um so Frank, lay it on us. Do you have any news quick, uh, in quick the horror hitters. world? Yeah. yeah, quick quick hitters horror news. Um, so a couple of things are still on pace to happen, which is good news. Candyman, they are still saying that it's going to come out October 16th. Unclear if it's going to be uh, like a theatrical and home video release. Uh, you know, uh, unclear. But as of a news article I read from less than a week ago, that is still on pace. Cool. Um, Adam Sandler is making a horror comedy for Netflix called Hubby Horror or Hubby Halloween. Um, it's And it must be done because it just got its rating. It's PG-13. So no release release date on that yet, but it's all the, the typical cast of characters from all these Adam Sandler movies. Um, it, but it'll be coming out on Netflix at some point. I know nothing about the movie, but based on the limited information you provided and the rating, I'm going to say pass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little. I mean, it's really hard to do my segment, my my favorite horror news segment, in this era. That's not just a bunch of things getting canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joe Bob. I feel like I mentioned Joe Bob and his uh, the last drive-in show every time we have a podcast. Yeah. There was a summer special uh, a couple weeks ago, um, which was a lot of fun. And uh, don't know when this when the next season starts, but he is doing a Halloween special that'll be on October twenty third. So if you have Shutter. Um, you can also get a free subscription to Shutter with promo codes that are all over the internet. Um, really cool. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, Halloween Horror Nights has been canceled, as I'm sure you you've probably heard. Um, but in Los Angeles, this October, they are going to be doing. They call it a Stranger Things drive into experience. And what it sounds like is somewhere in downtown LA, okay. they are going to make basically the world from stranger things and you will drive your car through it oh cool. so it'll be like a visual yeah. audio special effects experience it sounds like you're going to be able to drive through the star court mall from the most recent season huh. so um yeah i mean you know everybody's going to have to adapt to try to figure out how to do the things that we love in this time and I mean, what it sounds like it's a, it's something between a drive-through haunted house and a haunted hayride. Yeah, something well, like that. Kudos to companies and whoever who are trying to think of ways to still enjoy Halloween, for example, but do it safely. I would just be concerned with the Halloween drive-through that 
if you get really scared and you're the driver, like what's stopping <laughs> you from maybe like hitting the gas by accident yeah. instead oh, of the brake? And I don't know. I, I'm just putting it out there from a maybe they'll <laughs> maybe maybe it'll be on a, a track like standpoint. a car wash. Yeah, you know, kind of like propels you. I think that'd be scarier too if you can't get away too. Yeah. Like if you're just kind of stuck in the moment and you have to endure. So yeah, but I'm sure they've be thought very these curious. things through. I yeah. mean, listen, I, I unfortunately this is this whole you know environment is something we're gonna be dealing with for a while, and I think that if they are successful with this. Yeah, I'm sure someone else will try it, and it'll be maybe you know maybe it'll be one on the East Coast. We can. I try. hope they do something in Philly because yeah. that'd be hard to so not many... have a traditional you know Halloween, which is bound to have. It's yeah. gonna be a different every season or every holiday rather is gonna be different this year. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's such a you know there's so many good um, horror attractions in Philly. It would be really sad. Um, you know, if they can't figure out something to do for, yeah. for that work and that income. Like you can't do a socially distanced Eastern state or yeah. it, it would be a very different experience. Yes. I mean, I guess you could. Yeah. Though a lot of, a lot of the actors that are in the haunted house part or Eastern state, they are wearing yeah. face coverings and masks as it is. I was so maybe like, they're, you know, maybe there is a way to make it work. A, if there's a COVID appropriate holiday, <laughs> it is the one where everybody's supposed to wear a mask. That's anyway. true. Maybe Halloween won't be any different. <laughs> yeah. Um, last piece of news. Yeah. Have we talked about this movie Antebellum yet? Uh, I, well, Frank, clearly you don't listen to the, the podcast. We, I thought we talked I, about I it I mentioned before. it earlier when it was like just starting to get some buzz and some traction. Um, I may have mentioned it recently, but yeah, but what do you have though? It's coming September 18th. It sounds like they're planning on doing a video on demand release yeah. with maybe like drive-ins or whatever phase movie theaters. Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet. Have you watched the trailer for yes. it? Dude. Yeah. So it the, the, the very kind of generic explanation they give is Janelle Monet plays a successful author, Veronica Henley, who finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. I gave that exact same <laughs> <laughs> overview like months ago. Okay. But but, right. but now that there's more, they've, they've released longer trailers, you're starting to get yeah. some better insight so into it, what this movie's about because that description's so vague. From the, from the trailer, from the teaser, it looks like I don't know if there's time travel involved, but there is definitely some current time period stuff. There's, you know, there's cars in the trailer, but there also appears to be scenes where Jonette, where Janelle Monet is maybe a slave. Yeah. It looks like she's on a plantation and right. she's being chased by somebody with a whip or something like that. It looks really intense. Producers of Us and Get Out. So, yeah. But yeah. that is... That is still coming. And so that is say. such a strong duo because I love Janelle Monet as a musician. I think she's actually one of the few musicians who have uh, uh, transferred over to the film world and have, are actually very talented, is a very talented actress. I, I've seen a lot of singers, for example, try to do movies. Yeah. Don't think it's nailed as well. But like she, I think, is a really strong actress. She I was in Moonlight. She so, was in uh, Hidden Figures. Uh, she was in Harriet, the Harriet Tubman movie. Yes. Yeah, she's yeah. really good in that. You can watch that right now on Prime, I think. I just yeah. watched it recently. Or maybe HBO Max, but really excellent. It's a yeah. pretty good flick. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked it. So, cool. Well, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Um, and with that being said, shall we get into- Our list? Our list. Yeah. <laughs> you were going to say the I movie. almost forgot the order of things. It's been a, we're a little rusty. We're yeah. shaking the rust. Uh, so as we were saying, this is Dave Franco's directorial debut. Um, so we were going to list out movies of our favorite horror movies, which was the first uh, movie Feature that <laughs> that director directed. Yes. So that's a mouthful. Yeah. That's a and lot. I'd honestly, like I'm looking at my list. Listen, I'll be very impressed and pleased if Dave Franco ends up in the in the pantheon of great 
horror directorial debuts, but we'll see. Putting it out there, yes. <laughs> this is actually jumping ahead. This is one of my favorite movies that I've seen in a long time. It was so much Just fun. Just saying that. It was so... All right. All right. We'll get to the movie. We'll we're like really giddy right now. It's <laughs> not from the booze. We're just really excited yeah, about this movie. Not even half of it. Okay. So what's the first one on your list? First one on my list... Uh, should I take... Uh, I, I'm, I'm torn here. Do I go with stuff that I think you're going to take yeah. so I get it or do I go obscure? Choose I'm gonna wisely. Go, I'm going to go with my favorite movie in the last 10 years, yeah. Hereditary, was Ari Aster's feature-length uh, directorial debut. Uh-huh. I love it. We talk about it every episode. If you haven't seen it, you're missing out. Yeah. I'm going to list Frank's other favorite movie of the last 10 years, The Babadook. Um, <laughs> Is that her directorial Jennifer debut? Jennifer Kent. It was her directorial debut feature film. Gotcha. She had done some other, I think, smaller scale versions yeah. or films, but um, feature film, first one. One of my favorite movies. I think it's so excellent um, and such a strong first feature film debut um, for all the reasons that I mentioned in our episode on The Babadook. I was about to say, excellent, that's debatable. And if you'd like to hear us debate it, <laughs> d- scroll back and yeah. I to check out our episode. Man, that feels that. like ages ago when we did The Babadook. That was one of our most fun episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm up. I am going to go with one of my all-time favorite horror movies, Night of the Living Dead was the mm. first feature-length film that George A. Romero directed. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh huh. Sticking to the theme of movies that I love, but also that we've done episodes on to keep <laughs> plugging the podcast, Blair Witch Project. Oh, um, yeah. It was the first uh, feature film uh, by Daniel Myrick, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and Eduardo Sanchez. And the movie obviously was a huge success, uh, really cutting-edge, influential in so many ways. But yeah, for a f- debut film... And one that was so successful and iconic. I mean, it's hard to top that, of course, but man, like what a strong movie to start off with. Yeah. Um, for my third one, man, I got a bunch. We it looks like we didn't overlap as much as I thought we would. Yeah. I'm gonna go with a classic, classic grindhouse exploitation film that's recently been remade in the past maybe 10, 15 years. Uh Wes Craven, The Last House on the Left. Mm. Which if you have never seen, it is a gritty, violent gruesome yeah you know you know old dirty dangerous manhattan grindhouse theater kind of movie low budget they i think the one they remade has jennifer lawrence in it uh so there is a remake she was in a movie called like the house on the left or something very similar title oh yeah yeah it wasn't i think it's i don't know if it's a remake of this west craven they did do a like a direct remake with um you know the president from (laughs) scandal uh uh, present fits Tony Goldwyn and oh. Monica Potter as the parents. That is what I'm Jennifer Lawrence in a very similar sounding movie, House at the End of the Street, oh, which yes. has a different premise, but another uh, I street. Am, I involving... am thinking of the Monica Potter one. Yeah, um, but yes, uh, there. I think I've seen both of these movies, yeah. but well, only one of them is a remake. Uh, but anyway, that's my three. So what do you got? Okay, so. I'm going to go with a a recent film that came out that I thought was a very strong debut. I mentioned it on our last episode. Um, It's called Relic. It's a movie that you can get um, through streaming sites. Uh, The director, first-time director, Natalie Erica James. She's a Japanese-Australian director. This movie I really thought was a cool, interesting film. It talks about an issue that – or. it addresses an issue that you generally don't see within the backdrop of horror. I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to ruin anything or spoil okay. it. I loved it. People I've talked to have seen it have felt differently about it. I think it's kind of a polarizing movie because you may because uh, you may think it's supposed to go one way and it 
perhaps doesn't. It's sort of um, in line with the Babadook, I think, in terms of like being a metaphor for something else than gotcha. what you're seeing. Gotcha. But for a first-time director, I think it was her first feature film also, um, I thought it was fantastic. Interesting. I'll yeah. have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, any honorable mentions? I got a bunch yeah. left. Yeah, and I know we both had this one. Get Jordan out. Beale. Yeah, yeah, get, get I out. mean, you... Yeah. Um, it speaks for itself. The Witch was Robert Eggers' uh-huh. first film. And um, the only other one that I was going to add to that was Wicker Man, which I thought was a really excellent debut. Um, the director is Robin Hardy, the original. The original. Not the Not Nicolas the Cage, Cage garbage one that I've never seen, but I've only heard it's garbage. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the other one I had, um, Rob Zombie, House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, Easily the yeah. best, in my opinion, the best movie he did yeah. or has done. I don't know if he's still making movies, but um, I liked his reinterpretation of Halloween. I, did, I didn't mind it. The first I, one. Uh, we've got. We should really do an episode about that because I, I think we. I think we may disagree on that one. But um, yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses was his first movie. The only other. Oh, I had Eli Roth Cabin Fever, which is a good flick. Yeah. If you haven't seen. Um, and then James Wan. I didn't know if it counts. It says he did an amateur film that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Okay. Before Saw. So Saw, I guess, was technically his second movie, but I don't know if the first one was ever released. If it's not on Wikipedia, did it ever exist? I don't know. IMDb. That's like my go-to source. I wonder if it's on there. Yeah. But regardless, yeah. I mean, Saw, gosh. Oh, by the way, I grabbed one of these Wild Basins. Uh, Very, very uh, unusual flavors. It's not like grape, watermelon. Uh I'm drinking a melon basil. So Well, we're an unusual podcast, so it fits with the theme. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And oh, it's delicious. Yeah. yeah. Good. It's good. I like it. All right, nice. I may have to try that one next. But yes, The Rental. Oh, my the gosh. The directorial debut from the Dave Franco. Yeah. Classic uh, director move, putting his wife in the film. Yeah, but <laughs> interestingly enough, he was going to star in this movie. Really? And was hesitant to act, I think, in this specific movie with his wife, Alison Brie, who's an excellent actress from like glow and community. Yeah. Um, but then he decided to just direct it and work behind the scenes. Um, and then she became involved, but yeah. Interesting. So. What do you know? Was he planning on playing his wife's husband or he was his gonna, wife's brother? He was going to play Josh and he thought it would be weird to have Alison Brie play his, sister-in-law yeah Yeah, so um but yeah it would have been interesting i actually thought he would pop up in the movie yeah at one point but um but but fun fact about this movie there are legitimately only six people are ever on screen six people and a dog that is it yeah yeah Um, it's a minimal cast and they carry this movie though i think perfectly yeah you don't need a huge cast or gimmicks or anything like cgi effects to like yeah have a solid, scary, well-done movie. It, you know, it was well-acted, well-shot, and a good script. Yeah. And, like, it kind of it, it gets you there. I think we were both going to say that we liked this movie. but little... Actually, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I couldn't figure out how much it cost them to make this movie. It couldn't have been much. Literally, the rental of the house and some of the equipment, little, some practical effects for, I guess, the kills. But um, the uh, they managed to make $1.8 million at the box office. This movie got released at drive-ins in late July, which okay. if you think about that, that's kind of incredible that they were able to do almost $2 million. I mean, it probably still is in drive-ins somewhere. Well, because like, how many drive-ins are there to begin with? Not it's, many. It's such a dying form of They're watching really, movies. So once this all happened, I, I immediately was like, oh, I wonder where there's drive-in theaters around Philly. The closest one's like more than an hour yeah. away. I really hope this movie just 
gets out there through word of mouth and people watch it. Cause I, I think if this were released in theaters, it would be a, a huge commercial hit. I think so. So I think so. It's on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 74% fresh by the critics. It's got a 46 audience review, which really oh. surprised me because whenever I see that kind of imbalance between yeah. the ra- the ratings and the audience, I always think it's going to be like a very artsy film. Mm-hmm. But I watched this with my whole family, not all of whom are horror fans. We all liked it. So the consensus was yay. Every all, yeah. everybody liked it, and we yeah. talked. And you know, it's one of those movies. Um, you know, we'll obviously talk about it a lot, but like it leaves you thinking the next day or so about kind of yeah. what you saw and and how likely or possible something like this would be. It definitely lingers. So the moment this movie starts, like the minute the music hit, I was like, oh shoot! Like I already was <laughs> kind of like feeling it, feeling a little creeped out already. It just like I thought had this i don't know something about like the, the opening music alone for me i was like oh this is gonna be like a dreadful <laughs> dark experience i of yeah. course knew it would be of course but just like whoo that music once it started so we meet our characters yeah four main characters so the opening scene i was very confused by initially because it opens on two characters that work together yeah. but are very clearly more cozy than just co-workers so we meet dan stevens character charlie matthew crawley from um dun, 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 downton abbey that's like uh, his big starring vehicle that he every like, my sisters and mom were like oh it's dan stevens i was like i don't know who this you're guy like is. i've never seen it so he's in that apostle movie that's on netflix right right yeah. right um yeah uh, so yes yeah, so we meet him mm-hmm. and he and his co-worker slash Maybe something more. Sheila Vand, and her character's name is Mina. So Charlie and Mina. Charlie and Mina yeah. are looking at a computer screen. They're looking at an Airbnb listing, and they say, "Oh, we really need this vacation. It's going to be so great." Um, but they, they're very cozy from the get-go. I was like, Extremely. "Oh, they're they're coworkers that are you know they're 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 whatever. They're more than that." But then in comes Josh. Uh, Lip Gallagher from Shameless. Josh, uh-huh. uh, his, his real name is Jeremy Allen White. He walks in, and it's very clear that he is Mina's boyfriend. Yeah. But in this scene, we don't yet know that Josh and Charlie are brothers. I just assume that they like kn- like knew each other or were familiar with each other. But well, they, they say bro though, very like soon after. Oh, really? In the scene, they're like, hey, bro. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, not just like, like a friend, bro. Like full blown yeah brother thing when yeah. he walked in and they have this kind of th- there's like some jabs there back and yeah. forth about because lip is a let me keep calling him lip because that's his character on shameless <laughs> yeah. josh is an uber driver mm-hmm. and he's like oh i was in the neighborhood so he's talking to me and he's like oh, i thought i'd just come pick you up and charlie makes a comment to him like so do you have to turn on the app for this ride home or what yeah. and i'm like damn he's kind of He's being kind of savage towards a guy whose girlfriend he was just flirting with, but then it becomes clear they are brothers. So, yeah. I, okay, a little brotherly banter, I guess. Yeah, and I feel like it sets up the characters pretty well like within the first few minutes of this movie. So we meet the very successful Charlie. We have Mina. We have we already get the sense of... And like the next scene is, I think, Alison Bree's character, Michelle, and yeah. Charlie like in their place talking about the other couple and we like already have a good sense of these characters and kind of how you know charlie's is really successful i guess they have like a is it like a tech startup kind of company it's unclear but their their office looks very techy very, very like open yeah. workspaces right exposed brick trendy all that yeah. in stuff and then meanwhile like you mentioned we have the other brother who's not doing as well perhaps professionally yeah. figuring things out he's in night school um 
Yeah, so we have this setup where they're going to go away for the weekend. They found this beautiful, striking house um, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I was actually wondering where they were, and I noticed on that license plate, Oregon. Oregon? Yeah. I was so. thinking Pacific Northwest. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so the the context that's important to get is that it's it's two couples. The guys in the couples are brothers. Right. And the one brother's – the uh, Josh is dating Mina, who works with Charlie – and Charlie is m- married, married to, to Allison Bree's character, right. Michelle. Yeah. So they're married. The other two are just dating, but there's this overlap. I think the next kind of scene we get is when they're on their way there, and we get Mina is very convinced that the guy that rented this house is a racist. Right, because her name is Mina with... I forget what her last name so, is. And this is unfair because I, w- I made a note to look this up and yeah. make sure that I got this right. Everywhere online, her character is just called Mina. Hmm. I think the character's name is Mina Amuhadi, but it was real quick on the yeah. screen. But she says basically, "Listen, I tried to book this, and they they denied me." Right. And then right after that, uh, Charlie, who has only ever rented one Airbnb, he suddenly gets it. So yeah. this well, white man gets it, while someone with a very Middle Eastern sounding name is denied. Which is actually a common thing that I've read about and um whether it's even with uber or you know those types of apps too dating apps you have a a name that's not like a standard american name or if it sounds like it's an international foreign name Mm -hmm. yeah there's a difference there so i thought it was interesting that the movie like even like got into that which is such like a a current kind of um topic and thing that happens um it's crazy there's so much like this movie this movie couldn't exist 20 years ago i don't think it could exist 10 years ago you know what i mean like this is like a thoroughly modern horror movie right yeah it taps into something that's very modern um so yeah so they already kind of set the stage with that conflict with like Mm. the the owner of the house denying mina's request they get to the house and and it is dope it is such a cool house yeah it is a stunning house on a cliff overlooking the ocean not supposed to have pets there yes and um, uh, josh is sneaking the a very adorable he brings reggie yeah reggie who as soon as i as soon as i saw it here's how messed up i am because we planned on before i watched this movie we planned on doing the podcast about it yeah i was like i hope the dog dies because he's gonna make (laughs) joe so angry if the dog dies the minute i saw that dog i was like they better not even Think about it. He's Not another cute. one of these. He's real cute. Yeah. And spoiler, the dog survives. So yes, he he's does. actually the only Reggie one. Lives. Yes. Out of out of the travelers, out of the two couples, he's the sure, only ideal horror movie. Yeah. I think he survives. I mean he does. I hope so. I hope someone finds him at no, the we end. We don't see him get killed. Yeah. Um so yeah, they get to the house, they meet the um the the uh, I don't know what his does he have a name? It's Taylor is his name. Taylor. So he, he doesn't own the house. Toby Huss. I've seen him in a million things and couldn't place him. He seems like a character actor that's probably yeah. popped up in like very specific roles. So he's like a little bit rough around the edges, and he is from the get go. So basically, they're all like, "Listen, you know." It, apparently, Charlie and Mina's characters are like real stress at work. This is going to be a last kind of fling before things get really chaotic because they just hit some milestone, but. Mina kind of wants to bail. She's like, you know what? I'm just like, this latent racism is basically going to ruin this vacation. For yeah, me. I don't want my money to go to this Exactly. Asshole. So we get there, and from the jump, there's confrontation. There's, First of all, he's, he's, he's kind of, he looks a little rough around the edges. He's kind of a beat-up work truck. He gets there, yeah. and Mina looks at him and goes, you own this house? Yeah. 
And she's like, oh, what do you, he's like, what do you mean by that? And, and, and of course he doesn't. It's his brother's house. It's so interesting um, though. She's like actually pretty apologetic about it. Yeah. Um, and then he actually turns that around on her and mm-hmm. says like the same kind of microaggression to her. Yeah. Cause she's like the only non-white person. Yeah. Out of this, you know, for this foursome and says the exact same thing. How'd you get up? Like, or pretty much like, how'd you get mixed up with these people? Yeah. Um, and leaves it at that yeah. and there's no apology like, what do you mean or, and he's like oh i didn't mean anything by it yeah, yeah so like, we and we definitely have this this tension and it was interesting seeing her uh the the other folks in her foursome kind of just standing there uncomfortable and yeah. just kind of watching that unfold and i think that's very realistic how we may have all been in a situation where we've seen something that's pretty messed up yeah uh, or there's some kind of like racial microaggression and maybe you say something often maybe you don't so i don't know yeah. i thought they like kind of captured that sort of uh tension and that experience it's a, pretty it's accurately a very, yeah it's a very real thing that happens especially in a situation like this where there is a little bit of a power imbalance obviously they're customers but it's this guy's house do you know what i mean like yeah and they're all you know everybody else who's not being you know falling victim to the microaggressions this is just like Listen, we'll just deal with this guy and get the keys, and then we're then we'll spend this weekend enjoying ourselves. But obviously, like it's a bigger deal than that. Yeah, you know, for folks that uh, are, get subject to this kind of treatment, right? And then Charlie's reaction, I remember, was kind of just give him the benefit of the doubt, give the owner the benefit of the doubt, very dismissive, and like, no, you don't know what you're talking about, which is such a common, I think response from people that aren't from these communities who aren't yeah. dealing with this it's like oh no you're overreacting you're looking too much into it so also a really kind of like subtle way in that scene to slip in uh, a little bit of like character foreshadowing that charlie's not a great guy yeah you know what i yeah, mean yeah, yeah. like he doesn't have great judgment totally so despite that uncomfortable tense meeting with taylor taylor yeah Says um, the internet, at least. Okay, then this one part pops up. So, like, Taylor's showing them the house and whatnot. Yeah. And there's this discussion about a telescope. Michelle's like, I should have brought a telescope. She left it in the city. Um, and Taylor goes, uh, well, what do you need a telescope for in the city unless you're a peeping Tom? And I was like, ooh, yeah. is there some foreshadowing here? So Which weird. obviously makes you think, yeah. okay, because, like, I mean, if you see a trailer, you have an idea of what this movie's about, um, that there's cameras rigged in this house, which is not a, you know, surprise from the trailer i see i didn't see the trailer i didn't oh. know all i heard was that this movie was good and i saw dave franco directed it and allison brie was in it and i was like i'm going blind so you didn't even know that there were cameras installed yet at this point no see, i saw the trailer so i was like okay obviously it was it was this guy uh taylor that um you know insta- is, is the one that's peeping on them and watching them yeah. so anyway uh yeah so that was kind of like a weird response mm. and i was like okay but he's very adamant i have a, i have one i'll bring it yeah. And they're like, no, 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 you don't need to do that. And he does. And sure enough, later on, I think, are they looking for the dog when they come back and they eventually they see that he's been in the house and dropped the telescope? So they go them? out for like a nice stroll on the that's beach. Right, that's and actually, right. I thought the movie did a good job with sort of building up the conflict amongst these this, this foursome. So they're on yeah. a stroll on the beach and Charles and Mina, who are co-workers, are ahead. And we see Michelle... And so many names. It's only four names. I don't know why I keep mixing up Josh, names. Charlie, Josh, Charlie, Mina, and Michelle. We see Josh and Michelle walking behind. And Josh is like, so Michelle, aren't you ever like pretty much annoyed or uncomfortable that like your husband and Mina are hanging out together all the time? Yeah. And 
you can see her kind of thinking through that and deep down she probably is but you see her sort of just deflect and say oh no like i'm so happy he like found like you know like pretty much like his work wife like it, that's all it is it, it's innocent yeah. it's platonic whatever but it, it definitely sets the stage for this sort of uh tension and dynamic between the foursome at least josh has felt some discomfort i guess with his brother being yeah. with his girlfriend all the time yeah um so, so they're on the beach he, he knows he knows what kind of guys brothers yeah. but we'll get there later. right so they come back and then the telescope pops in the house and i thought mina really natural like justifiably a, yeah, yeah a natural smart response was like is anyone else weirded out that like the owner just walked back into the house and dropped off this telescope yeah and again gets dismissed and she's like all right you know what maybe i am overreacting or whatever drop it have um, you ever had an experience? Uh, you've done Airbnbs before, right? Many, many. A have time. you ever had an experience with an owner that was like a little, a little too much, or like a little more involved in your stay than you wanted? I don't. Nothing comes to mind. How about you? Yeah, once, uh, my uh, my wife and I stayed at a house in. Oh my god! You uh, said what? Yeah, she's my you wife now. Yeah. We can cut this out. But <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, so we stayed at a house in uh, Salem. Where we rented it, and I think the the owners were next door or on the block, but okay. there was like rules about parking. They didn't want us to park in the street. They wanted us to park in the driveway or whatever. And we actually met up with friends who were also coming to Salem yeah. and stayed in the house with us. And we we put them. Uh, we we booked it for. We said we had four people. So like we said, you know, these people are coming to stay, but there are rules about parking that we hadn't conveyed to our friends. Okay, they come, they park in the street. Just real quick, right? They're going to come in, like, drop their bags, and then we were going to drive into town. And we immediately got texts from the owner that was like, hey, what's that car on the street? There's no street parking. Wow. So they I'm were like, just, they oh, were just so you're watching. Full on us. watching. Yeah. Felt a little weird. Felt a little weird. Did you also, notice anything in the shower head? <laughs> I did it, but I didn't Looking look. Looking back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, uh, well, luckily I am still alive. So maybe that's, maybe yeah. I am safe. But, um, you know, it's funny. Every time I, I do this, like I rent an Airbnb with a bunch of people. We roll up with the beer. Like, it's going to be a fun weekend. I always think, like, this really feels like the beginning of a horror movie. Yeah. This is how so many good horror movies start. And that's from watching too many of these movies, <laughs> yeah. I think. I have the same thing. Yeah. So they're ready to go – or not go out. They're ready to, like, stay in and, and party it up. But Ready to stay in and do some drugs. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because – they're all down. Michelle is like, hey, we have a big hike tomorrow, so I'm going to call it a night. And I totally yeah. I totally related to her in that moment. I was like, I would be that one to be like, I know this is exciting, but first night, I'm going to bed early so I can like stick to the, the itinerary and the plan. Well, and but, also, like, let's, this isn't, this isn't like light drug usage. It's not like somebody brought a joint. They're going to do ecstasy. They're dropping some hard stuff. Which yeah. is like, I, I've never never done ecstasy, but my understanding of it is that like you feel pretty bad the next day after taking ecstasy because of like the brain chemistry stuff. And their initial plan is that they're going to do it two days in a row. Yeah. They're going to do a little bit the first night, and they're going to do more the second night and i was like I that don't, seems ambitious I, right yeah, i was like i don't know anything about ecstasy only to drive home but yeah. i don't think that's really doable for most people right then to drive home the next day presumably when you're hungover but yeah. um well, anyway. from from a two-day it's an ecstasy yeah. bender at that point um, so michelle goes yeah. off to bed and, and we they're like we'll take it easy jump cut to they are dancing yeah. their asses off in the living room right so they're they're yeah. doing their thing they're they're dancing away and it's funny because after that first scene when you thought uh 
Charlie and um, Mina were a couple, then they obviously weren't. I was like, okay, maybe I like mis misconstrued or misinterpreted their dynamic. But <laughs> we soon learned that yeah. they're not a couple, but they are definitely going at it and are into each other because yeah. there's this hot tub scene where they start making out. And I was like, oh, my notes actually say, oh, shit, they're making out now. Yeah. So there is Michelle's already in bed and Josh gets tired. He passes from the out. Ecstasy. <laughs> and it doesn't just end there in the hot tub. So yeah. I, I was like, OK, maybe it was like a lapse of judgment during the yeah. influence. Things continue on in the shower. However, did you notice when they're in the hot tub, they're being watched? And that's like, I think, one of the first moments where we're seeing the point of view of whoever is watching and observing them kind yeah. of in the distance. Um, so Mina's in the shower. And, yeah, well, and the dog gets startled. That's what brings them inside. Right. Remember Reggie gets freaked out, yeah. presumably hearing the peeping Tom off in the bushes. They go inside and Mina... You know, not obviously it's it's if infidelity is infidelity, but like it seemed like Mina was going to stop there. Charlie goes into the shower yeah. with her like so. And they have, you know, they have their moment in the shower. Yeah. Great. Looks like they have a great time. Um, <laughs> but what I was thinking is, damn, you guys are ballsy. I mean, if you're going to cheat. You're going to cheat while you're all away together yeah. with your significant others in the same house who aren't that far away from you at the moment. Like Michelle's sleeping in bed. The other brother, Josh is passed out. He probably won't wake up, but still I was like, damn, you guys are like really being risky right now. Yeah. Um, also like, uh, and then they cut, they cut to the next day and they look, they look bad. They look and I'm haggard. just thinking about like the, rough, rough, the combination rough. of like the drug hangover with, I just slept with my brother's girlfriend. It's a lot slack, to wake up you know to. Yeah. I mean? like, Lots of process. So the obviously they punt on the hike. Yeah. They don't go on the hike. Alcibri is pissed. Oh, she's furious. But she her had this great and Josh still go on the hike, and and really at, at that point, you know, Charlie and Mina are trying to figure out, you know, if they're gonna be, if they're gonna do the right thing or if they're gonna try to try to sweep it on the rug. Yeah. So on the hike is when we get this juicy tidbit about um, Charlie, how he's had a habit of being with someone and then meeting a girl, dating that girl while he's in a relationship with someone else. And Alison Bree's character, this is news to her because she was like, hey, I know when I met him, he was dating this girl, Zoe. Didn't know that when <laughs> I guess Charlie met Zoe, he was dating someone else already. Which is so funny that like she didn't have any problem with it, like knowing like, oh, I was the other girl. Yeah. And we worked out, we got married. But like for some reason, the fact that He's had multiple kind of other girl situations at Grindzer Gears. Yeah, like, I think she felt a little her. guilty because she's like, yeah. oh, Zoe was nice. But I think upon learning that it's a pattern, that's when things start to get her. And it just... Also, what a dick move by Josh. Like, he did not have to volunteer no. that information. And then once <laughs> like, he realized the damage is, that he's done, he tries to backtrack. He's like, oh, and he's like, well, oh <laughs> I'm sure it's uh, it's nothing. It's like, no, man, like, it's out there now in the world. Like, you've done enough. Um, yeah. Which, again, I thought the movie even though this is so early in, like it really sets the stage with these characters and their inter and their, and their inner conflicts and what's going on. And I thought the characters are all pretty well fleshed out and realized. And you kind of get a sense of who each character is, what's going on, like what, what issues they're dealing with in this moment. The most crazy thing though, is that whatever issues they think they're dealing with, there's something so much greater yeah. at play, which is, the kind of scary part is that they have no idea that they're actually being watched. Yeah. And well, Mina I think it's right around this part in the movie that they figured yeah. out. Cause Mina goes to take a shower, in the shower. and notices uh, uh, a lens bulb 
in the shower. She's got a good eye. Yeah. Because I would not have noticed. First that. off, I also wear glasses sometimes, so I <laughs> just won't even notice that I can't see anything in the shower. So yeah, but she notices that in the shower and is like, uh, yeah. this is messed up. Gets Charlie over. They're freaking out, but they know, which is <laughs> so messed up too, and that their reaction is that we can't say anything because it's all on camera of yeah. us doing each other. So yeah. this is going to put you know us at risk and whatnot. So well, I think they Charlie and he's probably you know if it was what they thought it was, they're probably right that it's kind of like a, a mutual destruction kind of situation because Mina wants to call the cops. He goes, we can't call the cops because obviously he has that video. Yeah. But then he kind of puts out there, which if he was accurate about what was happening, is kind of true. He's like, he can't show that video to anybody because as soon right. as he does, then he's caught for peeping. Yeah. So he, Charlie kind of convinces Mina that they shouldn't do the right thing and come clean. Yeah. And also that they're going to have to try to think of some bullshit reason that they need to leave the vacation earlier, leave the very next morning without tipping off, you know, their brothers and significant others that, you know, that they are shitty people. Yeah. So they choose to do nothing about it, kind of let it slide. Um, and Michelle and Josh come back from their hike. Michelle's ready to get down because she wants to do Somali. She wants to live it up. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile. Oh, but she's pissed. She's pissed at Charlie about what she learned from she's Josh. She's pissed. But everyone else is obviously, like, not in the right frame of mind. Well, Mina and Charlie are like, no, we're not, like, doing more hard drugs tonight. Yeah. Josh is an Inuit. So despite learning this information from – or despite confronting Charlie about, you know, his pattern of being with other women while he's with someone already, she's like, I'm doing Molly alone then. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of does her own yeah. thing. Um, Hot tubs. I, oh, oh, they also, when they get back, they realize that the two the – two, the two of them with the infidelity and the drug hangovers forget to bring in the dog. Yeah, so Reggie was tied up outside. They lose Reggie. And I was like, Reggie's here gone. we go. We're going to kill this dog for Joe. I Can't wait. Like, they better not <laughs> even think about but it. Yeah, so the dog's missing. Yeah. At the same time, Allison Bree calls Taylor because she can't get the hot tub working. And Josh decides that he's going to confront Taylor about the dog. So and they're like, you can't do that. We're not allowed to have a dog here. And he's like, that guy stole my dog. I want to know. I don't care. Yeah, so Josh thinks that Taylor had something to do with it. Um, and meanwhile, Allison Bree is tripping. She is She's high. Rolling on her own. Meanwhile, the other three are like frantically searching for the dog, yeah. dealing with Taylor. So she's just in her oh, yeah, own Yeah, Taylor shows work. up and goes, is that white girl here? Yeah. So like Taylor is a racist. Yeah, oh, and without like, a doubt. It's, I think it's at this exchange at some point where they have the conversation, like, do you handle the booking? It's yeah. like, yeah, hey, Mina, Mina's doing it. And they're like, oh, God, here we go. Mina's like, yeah, I, I tried to book this right before Charlie did. You denied me and you booked yeah. him. And he's like, well, cancellation policies on the website. Other than that, I don't think I have anything to explain. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, you're, it's, they do a good job at making you believe that this guy is the ultimate problem right. because he's a bad guy. He's, he's definitely a creepy racist. Totally. Like, and that's like know? a very realistic answer that a creepy racist would get. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Mina uh, directs – she then, despite the plan, the agreement that her and Charlie have about not saying anything about the cameras, she gets uh, Taylor to the bathroom and is like, hey, I want to show you something. Like, we know what you've installed in this shower. We know what you're doing. Like, not cool. Um, and Taylor is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't do that. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to call the cops now. And Mina's like, no, don't call the cops. They have this little exchange. Josh hears it, runs in. And just starts to go to town on on uh, Taylor and just starts punching him. Um, and we see Taylor passed out pretty much from all the all the punches in the tub. But he's alive. He's alive. They're all starting to freak out. Like, wait, what was that about? 
This is when. No, sorry, we don't find out. Nobody learns anything no. here. So the secret. Mina and Charlie do a good job at like still explaining everything. Wait, without saying that there's a camera in the shower, they're able to kind of explain yeah. everything away as to why why this like little brawl ensued and like what was going on. Yeah. Um, and while they're having this conversation, this is the first time we know where Taylor is. Taylor's in the tub. And we see somebody else is watching footage of them. Yeah. So we're like, okay, there's somebody else. It's, it's not, not Taylor. just Taylor. Yeah. Are they working together? Is it separate? Like, it, this is when the movie starts to get to a point where you're like, okay, oh. we're, we're deviating from what I thought you were foreshadowing a little bit here. Yeah. And this person sneaks into the house and kills Taylor. Suffocates yeah. Taylor. So they're making their plan about how they're going to handle this or are they calling the cops? Like, how are they going to address the situation? And they get in there and Taylor's dead and their problem has gotten much worse. I know. It was really interesting to hear them figuring out what their plan would be. Michelle's like, we're calling the cops. Like, oh, wait, so they find out that Taylor's dead. And she's like, we got to call the cops. Like, yeah. how are we not going to call the cops? Charlie is freaking out because he's like, Josh is going to go to jail. Yeah. Like, and now Josh thinks he killed the guy, which he really didn't. But now he's thinking he killed the guy. Yeah. Charlie, though. OK, I think a part of him is concerned about his brother going to jail. Other part of him, though, he's is really still just feel, he's all about just this video and not yeah. getting caught. Yeah, with Mina in the shower. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Michelle goes to bed and then they have the brilliant idea. No, they don't go to she doesn't go to bed. She goes back to the house. Remember, because the guy puts the video on it. That's how she finds out. Oh, so she's like back. In, yeah, oh, she's she like packing. Yeah. So basically they decide they're going to dispose of a body. All right. And, I, Mich and Michelle's like, I'm not being involved in this and leaves. Yeah. We need to talk about this body disposal scene. Were you getting, first off, I was getting very, I know, I know you, you did last, last summer. summer vibes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, okay. They are definitely I, maybe maybe Dave Franco is playing homage to I know, you yeah. last summer, but just the whole the whole discussion of like what do we do with this body? I don't want anything to do with this. We got to do this like that back gonna and get, forth. They're never gonna believe us. It was very yeah. much like uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Ryan Felipe's character going back at it. I going would say that's it. intentional. I think yeah. it's impossible for that not to. I mean, yeah. Dave Franco's like our age, right? Yeah. Like he remembers that movie. He probably, you know, he has yeah. feelings about that movie as well. So that um, to the actual dumping of the body. <laughs> let's talk about the dumping of this body. This Man, is this am is really amateurs. Amateurs. Okay. First of all, <laughs> step one in dumping a body, I would imagine, is pick a good place to dump a body. Yeah. This is the worst ledge ever to dump a body if from. If you're gonna dump a body in the water, you probably don't want to do it over a ledge where there are a bunch of protruding rocks that yeah. will catch the body as you, you know, dump it over also, the rail. Also, even if they'd magically been able to throw the body far enough to clear these rocks which they don't yeah the water is not deep enough to wash the body away <laughs> it's like a it's like a tidal pool against this like kind of rock formation on this ledge so it's just a shit show they they, they throw the body off <laughs> and then it gets it, 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 it gets hung up then they start throwing rocks at it knock a chunk out of this guy's head like it is ridiculous like i guess the thought was that throwing a rock would then uh it, it would it would Toss the, Knock body. the body off, yeah, into the tidal pool that would not wash it away. I just feel like it doesn't work that way. This but again, they're not thinking body clearly. Disposal. There's a lot of you know anxiety, tension, fear, all sorts of emotions they, going they do on. Do eventually but get the body into the water? They do, and um, we at that point we get a cut to uh, Michelle is in the house, and our unknown peeping Tom 
has put the video of Mina and Charlie banging in the shower on the TV. It, but as they're walking back into the house, the three of them, that's the f- one of the first times, I think, we see the peeping Tom killer kind of in the background. It's a little blurry, but you see him following them in. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. even notice that. Because, yeah, and I was like, oh, this is cool. So you see him kind of in the distance, and then... Right, because they all see headlights, and that's Michelle driving off because, like you said, she saw the video play. Which, by the way, at this point in the movie, I'm like, oh, such an easy decision for Michelle. She wanted to call the cops to begin with, and now her husband's a cheater. Yeah. So now she she's I wash my hands all these people. Yeah. I don't. What do I care if my ex-husband who cheated on me? If his brother goes to jail. Right. I'm like, oh, thank, thank good for the only person with a moral compass is actually in position to get out of this. I guess. She didn't really have much of a moral compass earlier, though, when she was like, fine, I'm not going to call. The-. She kind of accepted not calling the cops yeah, about guess, this dead yeah, body. You're right, They're you're all right, flawed right. in their own ways. But yeah, I mean, I, I could see what, I see what you're saying. So, <laughs> all right, not the best moral compass, but a better moral compass than the yeah. other people should be. But I, I did, again, think all their reactions were very realistic to like this situation. I could see it playing out yeah. in a very similar way. Um, so she's like, F this, I'm driving off. She drives off and then she like busts her tire is busted and she like crashes into a tree and which I thought was super scary this part when she just like goes out to see what happened. I thought it was just her being under the influence of Molly. By the way, she's still like has Molly in her system. <laughs> yeah, she's still pretty drugged up. So yeah. I thought it was like, you know, yeah, DUI kind uh, of thing. Somebody but threw out spikes. There were spikes. So I was like, oh shoot, like this is like a very planned kind of she thing. Get, she gets back into the car. She tries to send a text, and then boom, he's yeah, right there. This killer is so smart, though it's I must good. say, because then he uses her phone to text Charlie, saying, "Hey, I'm like really scared right now." She may have gotten a text in, I think, about like, yeah, he saw her texting. I, I ran off the road, but or there was like only one text in her phone when the but shot was. Charlie her. receives two. Yeah, so you know so the you killer know. goes into her phone, is like, "Hey, I need help," and then so smart when Charlie runs to help her. Um, he calls her phone, sees it lit up in like the distance, and it's the killer holding the phone. I thought this was so brilliant. I don't want to like give the killer credit by him, but like the way he like this is this. this is just making me think that we should have done a list of smart killers. Right. He is super bright. <laughs> he was really good, and we haven't even gotten to re- really. Make I the know. Videos. So but he he kills Charlie. Charlie as gets well. it using a hammer. That's like the Ooh. the the yeah. weapon of choice weapon here. Weapon du jour. Um, so they're done. And meanwhile, again, I think one of the scariest parts of this movie is that they just think their biggest thing is that Taylor's dead and that, you know, Mina and Charlie have their their little rendezvous in the shower. They have no idea that they're being watched yeah. by this psychopath. So back at the house, Mina and Charlie, I guess Mina at, the, at that point tells him about the camera. But not doesn't tell him the whole truth. Tells tells Josh. I'm sorry, well, Mina and Josh. And you remember they break so, into that little basement. Remember, room. so here's what here's what pissed me off about that scene. They're looking for. They're like those that little camera. It it oper- it operates remotely. Like the router has from to be like down yeah. There there's like a database somewhere. There's like a, a yeah. command center, a console of some sort. Yeah. Why are they looking in boxes? Good question. This thing is plugged in wherever it is. Good like, question. Why are they looking in? Boxes of electronics that clearly aren't plugged in anything. Yeah. That, that just pissed me off. Well, and then but. the interesting thing, too, is that in the boxes, Josh finds some, like, photos that I guess are pretty disturbing. I was just curious, like, what those photos were. Yeah, we never circled back to no, them, and he, and he, I mean, it's like, what what are they? And he's like, you don't want to know. I'm like, well, is yeah. this maybe? So then I thought, oh, interesting. Like, was the killer, like, collecting photos or like kept like a stack or was it some racist stuff by taylor like, right or maybe it was just a red yeah, never, I, I didn't realize they didn't close that so anyway, but anyway they end up split up yeah. and at that point the killer has charlie's phone yeah. and is texting josh pictures and videos 
of Mina and Charlie banging in the shower to Josh. So Josh and Mina are set up at this point, or split up at this point. Josh is running through the house looking to kick Charlie's ass. Yeah. He encounters the killer and gets his. Right. I thought that scene was really cool when it's Charlie, I'm sorry, when it's Josh walking through the house and all the cuts are of the hidden cameras in the house. Yes. And you start to see the extent of how this house is rigged up with cameras and like every single room. Um, thought that was really cool. So yeah, Josh gets it. And then I, this was crazy. I love this. Obviously, Dave Franco like knows a thing or two about films and horror movie. Our final girl is not a white person. Yeah. And is a fornicator. Yeah. That never happens. You never get uh, not only just a fornicator, but an infidelitous fornicator. Yeah. These people never make it to I the end of the movie. That was great. I agree. Like, a person of color was the final girl. And, yeah, I love that he kind of flipped that trope a bit. Um, She's the she, only one, though, to realize that there is this other threat now. Like, yeah. she's the only one out of the force and to be like, oh, shit, like, there was someone killing us. Well, so, I mean, I guess they all have a moment right before they die where they do. But. Yeah. Um, but there's an extended chase scene. She's actually pretty bright. She, like, throws a shoe off the ledge to confuse the killer to think, like, she went in one direction. But then doesn't really work out so well. So there's this actually long, intense scene where she's like racing through the woods. There's this intense fog all of a sudden yeah. that has like hit the area. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And creepily enough, so not creepily. Well, yeah, creepily enough. So like there's this chase ensuing and she's just kind of walking like she's a little, you know, injured and presumably just falls off a ledge. Doesn't see yeah. this ledge, falls off in the water. But you never see her body. Um, I assume she died. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I assume she died as well. Yeah. A part of me was thinking like, oh, is she like holding onto the ledge? And yeah, the minute well, he I, leaves, I that maybe for, she'll pop up. I thought that for a second, but then we see the killer. It's daylight and it's just him and the dog. Yeah. Reggie so the dog. So we see Reggie appear. <laughs> Reggie and I only lives. mentioned that. I don't know if Reggie survives because he just, I guess, is chilling. I don't know if anyone's yeah. fed him. Does he have water? Hopefully someone goes to the house and like sees the dog. But yeah, presumably he survived. Um, but, then, but then you are left with this moment where you where it feels like the movie is over and you're going to be left in the lurch about motive and, and reasons as so many films are because yeah. the only five people that we've met are all now dead. Seeing the killer clean up the house, though, like getting all the cameras, you see the extent of the camera work. Yeah. And everything from like the shower to a living room to a plant we and see just, where he hides the router and the drop ceiling i'm like, like it's so easy in this day and age where you can just order anything off of amazon for example like getting these cameras piece of cake couple hundred installing bucks installing them into like whatever room piece of cake i mean that's that cleanup scene really got to me because i thought the movie was going to end here but you're still just kind of like okay so what how is this guy Taylor's brother? Because yeah. we know Taylor's brother owns a house. Like, what is like what is this? And then we see a very disturbing montage. Yeah. Of yeah. a person whose face we don't see and whose face we never see yeah. rents Airbnbs and then immediately brings his key cutter into the house. Yeah. Cuts a key, a copy of the key that he's given. And rigs up the apartment house. It's a bunch of different places that he's staying with cameras. And I think it's, it's I think it's during the end credits. Actually, yes. we see him. Well, prior to the end credits, we see him like find a new location to rig yeah. up. And credits are just of the camera footage of new Airbnbers in this specific apartment. And the very last cut, man, <laughs> is like someone sleeping, and you see him just like come out of the closet and yep. go at it. Um, so a few points. I think it's always really scary and effective when you don't know anything about a killer as to why they're doing it their backstory or like what they look like yeah. we never see his face like you mentioned 
And there's really no explanation as to why he's doing this, yeah. which I think is so freaky that he's... Well, it's the... You know what it is? It's like the... The, the unknown the for me. How, the how he's doing it is so captivating. Mm-hmm. You just kind of accept his reason. Like, okay, he's a psycho killer. Yeah. And his method is he rents Airbnbs sets them up for him to be able to get back into them in the future and watch and record his deed. And then at some point down the road, he comes back and murders people that are renting that house. It is a terrifying concept because it could very well happen. So easy. Um, And maybe the killing part is a little bit more far-fetched. But in terms of just, like, the number of Airbnbs we stayed at, like, how many of them have cameras? I don't know. Probably a whole bunch when you think about it. Like, if you're renting, if you own a house and you're renting it out, like... I could see from a standpoint of like an owner why you'd maybe want to have cameras just to make sure things are in check, nothing's being broken, whatever. But like at the same yeah. time, from like the renter standpoint, like it's an invasion of privacy, it's voyeurism. Yeah. Like it's such a creepy concept that probably a lot of us maybe don't think about when we're renting an Airbnb. Yeah. But I don't know. I thought it like tapped into that fear. And, so and the well. other thing is just like if I I don't know like I don't have a hard time believing that there's you know there's there's psychos out there. There's people that kill people and chop them up and whatever. Yeah. And you know the over history we've seen that sometimes these people are not like they're not blundering idiots. They're actually pretty smart. And it's how they end up being able to kill so many people without being caught. Yeah. And I think eventually if a whole bunch of people were getting murdered in Airbnbs, they would start looking at who else rented the Airbnb. But like. If he if he sets up a house and doesn't come back for six months for a year, yeah, you know what I mean. There's no reason that he has to kill the next people to rent it. It just it feels so doable. And you, it feels up. like if someone wanted to do this, yeah, they could do it. And I, I think you know eventually they would get caught. They probably kill a lot of people before they got yeah, caught. You switch up locations and make mean, a new Airbnb account. Different types of make a new driver's license to send Airbnb to make a new yeah. account. Like you could, like people could do this, and that is really like the movie has some good scares along the way. But it's that feeling of oh my god, how many houses have I been in that had cameras in them? Oh my god, someone could do this if they wanted to. It's that dread that yeah. you, the movie leaves you with. Totally. Thinking about the next day, that is what's really scary. Yeah, to me. it's like the fear of not knowing or being watched. Who could be watching you? And like, yeah, I'm still gonna rent Airbnbs, of course. <laughs> but now I'm gonna start thinking about this movie every time. I mean, time I'm gonna I... look at every shower head yeah. in every Airbnb I stay in infinitely to the future. And actually, Dave Franco was that was the inspiration for this movie was just this fear of rentals and how we don't know really who these people are that we're renting from through Airbnb or similar sites. Like, you know, only as much as that's being broadcasted or shared with you on the website, but like, we don't really know the ins and outs of these people. Yeah. What's in these apartments or listings, yeah. camera-wise or whatever and it's else. it's funny because it's not even the lister of the apartment yeah. that is the bad guy here. It's somebody else they rented to. Yeah. And it's crazy just because, like, obviously Airbnb has made vacationing at homes it's way easier to book and it's way more affordable than it's ever been. And we're all kind of guilty of not so much worrying about the other factors so much when again, it is so convenient. It's so cheap. So I feel like the hotel industry will love this movie because then they will pump some dollars (laughs) back into them. Um, But actually, which this is a bit of a paranoid statement by Dave Franco, but you know, give it what it's worth. He said that it's not a matter like when, asked about his own experiences with Airbnbs. It's not a matter of um, 
whether he'll find a camera in an Airbnb. It's when he'll find it. So he's fully convinced. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't necessarily take that position, but I no. think this movie will make you think twice. I also um, think it's a little more like uh, to Dave Franco celebrity and his celebrity wife, Allison Brie. Like, listen, nobody's interested in a video of me naked, right? But a lot yeah. of people would be interested in a video of him and his wife naked. So, like, he's actually... Yeah. I could see a celebrity uh-huh. being a little more paranoid about peeping Toms than the average Joe or Frank. Are you saying we're not celebrity podcasters? I, I mean, we're working on I it, challenge you guys, that statement. you guys listening right now aren't sharing it with <laughs> enough of your friends that anybody wants naked pictures of Joe. I know. That's we what's can. happening. <laughs> um, so, do we have a scare are they now? Scare have they been? Yeah, so... So today's is going to be on Sheila Vand, who plays Mina. Um, She's done a lot of TV work, but she actually, I knew about her from a 2014 horror movie, more like horror thriller, called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. She's the girl. She plays the female lead vampire. The girl walking home. Oh, no. Wait, is she? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so she plays the vampire lead. She's like this really lonely vampire that stalks people at night in this, um, I think it takes place in Iran. Um, she's an so Iranian, Iranian American actress in real life, but um, yeah. So that was like her big, I think, uh, sort of movie role that kind of got her, um, got her to be fairly well known uh, in the movie biz. But she's also done a lot of TV work. She's on in the TV show right now called Snowpiercer, which is based on the, the movie. movie. Snowpiercer, yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed her in this movie. She's I, great. I love her voice. Actually, it's such like a deep kind of like huskier voice. I don't know. I feel like. She has a really cool speaking she voice. She's a husky voice. It's like a deep. Maybe husky's not the R- right I word. I think raspy might be the maybe word. Maybe raspy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being in quarantine right now, like I don't talk much anymore now. She so. was excellent in it. She was really, really yeah. good. And honestly, she was the. I recognized Dan Stevens, but I didn't realize from what. She was yeah. the only person in the movie that I didn't. Oh. I was unfamiliar with because that movie, the the girl that walks alone, walks alone at home at night or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, it's like forever on my list of movies to watch that I haven't gotten around. Yeah, to I thought she was the most interesting character. Um, in this movie but yes yeah, so yeah. that's what i have for scare are they now overall frank i thought this movie was chilling like i thought they were yeah i thought it was scary not in that there were some scares on screen but it was more so just the aftermath of thinking about the movie and kind of what we just talked about like all the airbnbs i've been in i start to think about and going forward this movie messes with you i it think does. and it's gonna it make does. me think twice before i like go rent another airbnb yeah. so highly recommend i think it's one of the best horror movies i don't know if i'd even call it a horror I, there's horror elements i think it kind of crosses kind over of like certain genres as a horror movie right it's yeah. more like kind of a well for in the beginning it's very much kind of a drama totally and then it's it, like a relationship it drama kind of thrillery yeah and then it does get sort of you know there's a masked guy with a hammer running around yeah it gets, it gets kind of very horror movie yeah. but then it, it's very i i really did love this movie as yeah, well so i'd recommend it in a heartbeat yeah about yeah you? i i certainly think it's i certainly think it's scary even if it's not like the individual scenes aren't super scary. Yeah. Like when you take it in as like a as a complete piece, um, it really it gives you a lot to think about yeah. and not in a good way. Yeah, because it is it is concerning and it it's it is also just like really cool, um, to see filmmakers and and writers adapting to our modern world and giving us a movie like this that is really that. that it would not it could not exist before the technology that allowed this movie to happen right and it's you know everything from airbnb to how cheap it is to get spy cams and and rig them up totally like, that. like yeah it's, it's just really really cool and I if th- you're interested in another movie that is specifically like 
uh, could only happen in our now. Yeah. On Shutter, there is a movie called Host okay. about a bunch of friends that do a seance on Zoom. Very oh. kind of paranormal activity meets Blair Witch Project. Interesting. Kind of. And I could definitely see this movie. Uh, leading to more sequels and becoming a franchise. I mean, I, I could see the potential oh, of yeah. this film to like keep going. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really promising debut. Especially because we don't Frank. know anything about the killer. Yeah. Like, you, like we could do a whole killer backstory movie. I want to see more. So Me yeah, too. that was the rental nightmare on Elm street. Of course. Next one. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well anything guys, else, thanks Frank? for joining us. Yeah. God, we're, let's do another one of these outside ones. This was fun. This was good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.